What's up, everybody? Welcome back to your favorite podcast, America's favorite podcast. This controlled chaos episode number 44 and 44 backwards is 44. Zach Woolley, as always, joined by my partner in crime, Owen Kiska. Owen, how are we doing on this wonderful day? I'm not going to lie. Last night was a rough night for me. Um, I don't I don't want to talk about it very much, but uh, today is a new day. The sun came up. Um, and UT still lottery. lost yesterday. Hey, draft lotteries tomorrow. I'm excited for it. Um, I can't have two of my teams let me down in one week as much as uh, UT let me down yesterday. So I think to even it out, the Rockets have officially clinched the top four pick just, just without. And we're happy. Jalen Green. Um, so yeah, I, I will. I will say personally that I think UT did sacrifice their spot in the College World Series to allow the Rockets to have a top four pick. Uh, that's and I am spin. completely fine with that. That's I love spin. that. Love it. It's a good spin, Owen. I, I like that. It's a. It's a nice little clockwise spin. It's great. Lovely. Uh, so yeah, UT lost. And if you're a UT fan, you're sad. But if you're not, you're kind of happy because you know what's up. UT and U of A lost. Let's have a day. Um. Anyway. That's not to be understated by the fact that we have a lot of drops coming this week. We had a lot of drops this week leading up to the drops that are coming out this week. Needless to say, the music industry is popping off. So, Owen, let's just crack it open with Tyler, the creator, dropping the lead single off his latest album with Lumberjack. Lovely song. Could be song of the summer. It is. It is summer. Uh, Right in a nutshell there. Tyler getting ready to drop this week uh, is super exciting. I think it could be one of the better albums of the year, especially with the way that song sounded. It was grimy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some amazing one-liners. It was kind of just him flexing for, for two minutes. And um, I don't know if it's going to be on the album or not because he's had other songs like this before that were kind of just singles leading up to an album but never actually made it onto the album. Like uh, I'm trying to think Okra was one of them. Uh, I don't think biking ever made it on an album. So there are, he does have some, you know, loose singles in his discography. And, uh, I would be, you know, kind of surprised if this one didn't make it on the album, but I also think it could happen. Um, that's not to say though, I don't hope that the whole album is like this, because if we get like a combination of the old Tyler's like style, like the, the hard, hard, hard style of rap with, you know, some new subject matter. Uh, I think we could be in for one of his better one of his better albums ever. Obviously, um, hard to top what he's already done, but I, I think he could be right back up there. Yeah, it could be the real deal. I, I really enjoyed the song. I know there's a lot of people on TikTok being like, "This isn't Igor. This isn't." But that's not Tyler the Creator, man. This care. is this is his OG original sound and i love it okay i mean it's the real deal holy field um if this is what we're gonna get on the album i think it's gonna be a good i think i could see this album just based off of you know call me if you're lost that's the name of the album but like the voicemails that you get when you call the number there's some that have some really melodic vibes similar to igor so i could see a mixture like a hodgepodge of like a like a wolf tyler with a Igor slash Neo Soul slash whatever you want to call what Igor was. And I'm fine with that. It doesn't have to be that way. But if it 
I, I just think wherever he goes with it, it's going to be good. You know, it sounds really good to me. And um, you could see some of the Odd Future gang coming back into fruition. I mean, uh, we saw a tease that Domogenesis could be on the album, possibly. That's a big deal. Uh, and some other the Odd Future gang, so that'd be great. Uh, Can you imagine no. just a surprise Frank feature? Just another uh, what, Tyler feature what, Frank. What would you do? What would you do, Owen? I'd, I'd take like a... I'd take like a cardboard, a cardboard box and I'd flatten it and I'd get on top of my roof and I would sit down on the cardboard and I would just fly off the roof. Is, are, are we holding you to this? Are, are, if we get a Tyler, or if we get a Frank feature off this Tyler album, will we get yeah. Owen Kiska you know falling you know off what? Sure. the roof? You know what? Sure. Oh, sure. wow. That is how, that's how confident he is that Frank Ocean will not be on this album. You can Owen, get we're putting that in writing. That one's going up on the Twitter, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, speaking of Twitter, you can catch our uh, playlist for the podcast, the podcast playlist, Dot Chaos Radio. You can find that on our Twitter, Dot Chaos Radio, 30 songs, 15 by me, 15 from Owen for a grand total of 30. Find that on Apple Music and Spotify. Scrub, subscribe to it, like it, follow it, whatever you want to do. Catch that on our link tree, on our Twitter bio, Twitter at Controlled Chaos Pod, controlled spelled CN. TRLD Chaos Pod on Twitter. Shameless plug, Owen. After the first single we talk about of the week, Owen, moving on. Isaiah Rashad with Headshots. I did not nope. listen to this, but uh, it was. It, please, Owen, I know I know you love Isaiah Rashad. Please, please give us your knowledge. It sounds like a classic Isaiah Rashad song. Um, the the song that he dropped last month was, it was all right, but it wasn't like what I would want a full album to sound like from Isaiah Rashad. And this is like, he does so well over like laid back production, kind of like a, a lazy flow, lazy delivery with like sort of like a drunken feel to the song. And that's exactly what this one was. I, it sounded like something that could come off of the sun's tirade off of Sylvia demo, uh, which are his last two albums, both great projects. Um, I know he's in album mode as well uh, alongside Tyler. So Super excited to see what that album's gonna sound like. You know, any TDE album is always a uh, a welcome sight. Um, so I mean, that's that's another. I mean, this this week in general was just great in terms of like rappers that haven't been out there too much recently, just going out and dropping another good song. Like you know, just reminding people that they're there, kind of getting back on the map. And I I, I kind of say that to lead into the next guy on the list. Uh, who just dropped this past week, and that's Vince Staples with a little bit of Kenny Beats production on the Law of Averages. Mm, lovely. It's, uh, it's it's album season for Vince too. Uh, I believe he said that this whole album is going to be produced by Kenny. So that's huge. That's going to be really good. And you know the production value is going to be nuts on that. That sounds like a very good album. Yeah. And so their and their charisma, their their chemistry, their charisma is great. So. If they can, if they can keep working together and make a bunch of songs that sound like the one that he just dropped, we'll be in good shape. Really good shape. I really, really enjoyed that single. But oh, and you know the single I enjoyed the most, and kind of a curveball getting thrown, Don Tolliver and his new boo, Cali Uchis, with drugs and hella melodies. Hello. Oh my gosh, there were hella melodies on that. Don is just fully embracing this R&B soul sound that he has. He's just running with it. Um, I I really like the the Cali Uchis just like vibe. It's very like just, it's there, man. I don't know how to explain it, but it is there. And then Don just comes in, 
and that voice is just ugh. I mean, you know, like he's got that sound. It's like that second to that that last bar that he had was like Travis meets. I don't know. It was very. It sounded very Travisy to me, but like it was fine because it sounded really good. Um, Don just tweets out that Life of a Don, his second studio album, will be coming out in July. I could not be more excited because that it's means album Don, season. It's album season, ladies and gentlemen. It's time to get our songs of the summer. And honestly, Drugs and Hella Melodies might not be the song of the summer, but if this is the type of Don we're gonna come, we're gonna get come July, I am here for it. Dude, I'm beyond here for it. Huge names right there. If Tyler, Zay, Vince Staples, and Don Tolliver all drop within the next month, we're back. Uh, we you are can back. Add list, you can add to that list Ski Mask, the Slump God. He announced yesterday that he's going to be dropping something this week. Uh, he put 625 in a, in a Twitter post. So probably not an album going straight into it. I bet he drops a couple singles first, but he's an album mode, it seems like. And then and then kind of the wild card, too, is Drake. We haven't talked about him in a while. but Drake. He's going to drop lovable. at some point. I mean, he said he was dropping in January, and then he tore his ACL, and now does he even drop? the season. Who knows? I think he's just waiting for there to just be a doldrum, like a low point, and he's just going to hit us with a little Mm -hmm. certified lover boy action. Um, But, yeah, uh, another guy we could talk about is that boy Goldlink, okay? First, we talked about his single last week, right? But, oh, man, I did not know this. Did you know that he has beef with Sheck Wes? Oh, does he? Yes, I know. He, I know he got canceled a while back for uh, his Instagram post about Mac Miller, which was not, not, not good. Uh, saying that Mac essentially stole his flow by getting Brent Files on a song, or not Brent Files, um, Anderson Pock on a song. Said that was only something Goldlink could do. So <sighs> that that Wonderful. certainly kind of left a sour taste in my mouth on him. But you know, some of his music is pretty solid, so I can't. I can't hold it against him forever. Um, I'm but coming around to his music. He drops his album this week. Haram. 15 songs. Opening song with NLE Choppa. Among the features Rich the Kid. Where Where is where is Rich the Kid been? <laughs> New Freezer. BB Borelli. Lukey World on the song Wayne Perry. And then Flo Millie Shit. With Raindrops, the seventh track on the album. The only track that has a star next to it on mm-hmm. Apple Music. Owen, oh, I'm not going to lie. Goldlink's last album, Diaspora, I really enjoyed. There was a Tyler feature. There was a Khalid feature. Pusha T was on it. That Tyler song, You Say, banger of a song. That's a good song. Um, but this one, I don't know if it does it for me. Um, it's a little different my opinion not as, not as big of a fan of the features on this one but you know Mm-mm. but you know i've gone through it once wasn't really surprised so i'm gonna go through it again this week i'll come back to you next week with a complete analysis I mean, um can't, I mean, can't some, let features carry you forever so exactly uh some of the uh song titles just notable wild and lethal trash culture clash girl pacino no, like this Cappuccino. album's gonna suck. No, this album's gonna suck. Like, like Cappuccino, Girl Pacino. No, Mega. this yeah, this album, this album's gonna suck. Evian, I can, ter- I can already tell you that. Terror Dome, and then my favorite Owen, the fourth song on the album, just simply titled "Spit on It." <laughs> Is that a suggestion? 
Is that a <laughs> is that a suggestion? I mean, that's a good one. That is spit on it. I mean, okay. Extra clip with NLE Chapa. I I, I just uh, don't know where where he's coming. Like you go to the diaspora. You got Coke White, good song. You say good song. Yard, good song. That that three song run, Coke White to Yard, is bangers. It is. But but now over the course of two years, we've went from you say to spit on it. Spit on it. I don't get it. Nice I don't get link. it. So anyway, Gold Link, have a day. Go for it. Um, who knows? Just uh, surprised to say the least. Um, moving on. Reggie Snow with Tanashi with group therapy or and with and group therapy with disco pants. Oh, disco pants. What a name. Spit on it. See, and that's, disco that's how pants. you, that's how you name a song right there. Disco pants is how you name a song. And, and like, it's, it's even better because listening to the song, I, it's the kind of song where you listen to it and you're like, yeah, this is disco pants. Like, I, I really say, don't even mind the title. I was honestly hoping because this is a single off of Reggie Snow's upcoming album, Baba Black Sheep. I was thinking that Disco Pants would have a dope cover art type deal. There mm. was no dope cover art. It's black. Disco Pants oh. makes me think of rainbows. It I makes know. me think of many colors, not not black and white. But anyway, nonetheless, Disco Pants dropped, and it was decent. And then Owen, Eve's Tumor. Mm, Legends. Guy. Legends in the Controlled Chaos game drop themselves a single with Jackie. And I'm not going to lie, I enjoyed it on. I did. Yeah, it was, it was solid. It was solid. I, I really I really didn't mind it. Um, I don't think it's near where their album was last year. Like, I, I don't think it's another Cure scene. I don't think it's another Heaven to a Tortured Mind. Like, I don't think it's that good. But I could definitely see it as a as a track on an upcoming album where like, you know, I, I like it. It's not it's not necessarily a filler, but it's not one of the highlights. It's just kind of there, uh, mm-hmm. which which I really don't mind. It, it was pretty solid. It Production was. Values. You know what, Owen? It was. It was good. I enjoyed it. Um, good for Eve's tumor, man. They're great. They're awesome. Love them. And Owen. So we have Tyler dropping this week. We also have yeah. Ski Mask the Slump God dropping this week. And I know Owen, you're a big fan. Big fan. Uh, I, if anyone's gonna challenge Gold Link in the song title in the song title department, it might just be our boy Ski Mask. Uh, he's obviously got some some classics. I think my favorite from him might be after that uh I don't know which brand was it? The clothing brand who had the the coolest monkey in the jungle sweatshirt. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh yeah. He, he uh, made a song after that, and he just called it Coolest Monkey in the Jungle. So that was from Fawcett very Failure, innovative. the classic Foot Fungus. Foot Fungus. Another classic. Very good. He's um, got I'm, some classic names. I think it was like Bobby Monkey or some st- something like that. Something Coolest monkey. monkey in the Jungle. It was H&M who did it. H&M was the one who posted Coolest Monkey in the Jungle on their website. So that Bobby was, uh, Jack. Bobby Jack. That was the monkey, right? Oh wait, no H and I thought you were talking no, about yeah, that. Yeah, you like, know what I'm talking. Ah, okay, I get you now. No, I you, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you got me. Yeah, I thought you were talking about that like clothing line that like when we were kids, like all the girls had that like clothing. It was like that weird monkey. You don't get me. Look, <laughs> this. You don't remember that? Yeah, you get what I'm saying. No, I do. 
Yeah. yeah, I do remember it. Bobby Jack. Everybody oh, that's had amazing. The fuck, everybody had Bobby Jack as a kid growing up, man. Dude, they they're still a thing. They make masks now. Bobby Jack makes masks. Yeah, there's a Bobby Jack mask. I think I should get one. What do you think? Yeah, that that'd be culture shock. Who wears Bobby Jack in 2021? Are we like in Tunisia? I mean, where where's our where's our target demographic, and where are we where are we selling clothes? Uh, I have not they, seen a I have not seen a Bobby Jack shirt since I was in the second grade. They still they're still here on Amazon. You could buy Bobby Jack clothes right now. Oh yeah, she just parked up with the mask on, bro. That's wild as hell. I know. That's crazy. It's crazy. Okay, but no, I get it. H&M, they did, they did do that. I remember yeah. that. That was like in 2016, 2017. Yeah, that's a classic meme right there. Ski Mask just made a song about it, you know? Coolest Monkey in the Jungle. His, oh. Another one of his classic the, uh, final song on Stokely uh, featuring Lil Yachty, Cat Piss. That's another Cat good piss. one. I mean, it's, it's quick, it's short, and it's to the point. It's abrasive. You know? It, it's, you know, as, as Will Ferrell once said, it, it gets the people going. Yeah. It's awesome. It's provocative. Love it. So, music-wise, kind of went down a rabbit hole there. I didn't know uh, we're talking about H&M, Bobby Jack, actually. Who knows? Who cares? Uh, very solid week. Good sing- good singles. Looking forward to this week's drops. For sure. So, Owen, oh, you know, let's head over to Omaha. Why not? Why don't Why don't we? we? North Carolina State is, is here, okay? The unranked team right they weren't yeah. in and as they didn't host a regional they almost didn't i mean they knocked off the number one seed they gotta be pretty damn good right they run away yeah. late against stanford to secure their spot in the winners bracket now this is a stanford team mind you need to be remember you last week we talked about it they steamrolled their super regional against texas tech who's a really good baseball team they did so how I about mean. nc state uh, this is going to be an interesting College World Series because we've already seen the number one overall get eliminated in the Supers. Uh, the number two, who we'll get to in a second, got embarrassed in their first game. Uh, the number three got embarrassed in their first game by the other unranked team in the College World Series. So shout out to NC State. Shout out to Virginia for being the two teams that didn't host a regional who aren't you know seeded, uh, both getting up into the winner's bracket in Omaha. So that's big for both of those teams. Um, NC State now gets to face Vandy who used Kumar Rocker the other day uh, for you know seven, six, seven innings. Uh, so he's obviously wasted for a while, but Jack Leiter is going to be on the mound for them. Uh, that's going to be a really fun game to watch. Jose Torres is a, is amazing uh, to watch at shortstop there for NC State. He's so fun. Very nice. Uh, and and I, I really do feel like uh, pitching is, is what carries you throughout these tournaments. Obviously, it didn't work out for UT yesterday because the hitting was just so bad. But I really don't see a world where Vandy and Mississippi State don't end up in the national title against each other right now. Mm-mm. I mean, it, Bednar it, it, yesterday. It, holy crap, David or uh, Will Bednar's brother's David. He's in the Pittsburgh Pirates organization. But Will Bednar, future first round pick, his draft stock just skyrocketed with 15 strikeouts against Texas in six innings yesterday. There were only three outs in the game for him that weren't by the strikeout. Um, and then Landon Sims obviously coming in and doing basically the same thing. I believe he struck out six in three innings. Um, pretty embarrassing showing from the boys from the boys out of the 40 acres. Uh, 21 strikeouts is suboptimal. Oh. Oh. But you know what? You know the craziest part is we almost won the damn game. Uh, Antico led off the ninth with a solo shot off of Landon Sims, the second home run Sims has allowed this week or this year, and the second home run that he's allowed in the last week. Nico Cavadas hit the other one, that you know, moonshot. Uh, but then after that, I mean, 
two out hitting. We got a we got a hit from uh God, who hit the first one? It was Melendez had a had a good at bat, took a couple of really close pitches that could have been strike three calls, and then poked a single out in the left. Cam Williams took an 0-2 fastball, poked it out in the center. Just like that, we had a runner on third with two outs. And then Douglas Hodo uh, tries to go the other way with a slider, grounds out to the second baseman. We only lost that game by one run. Ty Madden was electric. Pete Hansen was great out of the bullpen. We only lost by one run. But when you strike out 21 times, it's nearly impossible to win. And that is what we saw yesterday. Uh, I was just about to back it up. You know, you know, 21, there are 27 outs in a baseball game. You struck out 21 of, of tw- the 27 outs. Innings. That's seven full innings of just strikeouts. Oh, and that is, is 77% strikeout rate uh, yeah, throughout the game. Good. You struck not out 21 good. times. I, How, yeah, I heard, you the, I heard you the first time. 21 times. No, yeah. That's a Uno. Are, are we like saying it 21 times that we struck out 21 times? Are we blackjack. A little, a little double action? Blackjack. Oh, you, got, you got blackjack going. Congrats. We did. <laughs> We did. That's but, terrible. Uh, I mean, apart from that, there were some good games this no, weekend. I mean, yeah, Van, there were. Vandy, Arizona was a great game, going 12 innings. It would not end. It, it no, it there. wouldn't. It seemed like neither – I mean, Vandy had opportunities even before the 12th to win it. Uh, in the 10th and 11th, I believe, they had runners in scoring position and couldn't bring them around. But, um, you know, it's kind of sad, too, because U of A could have taken it to the 13th inning. It was bases loaded one out. They put the whole infield in instead of just the corners. There was a ground ball up the middle that ended it where if the shortstop's playing at his normal depth, he probably cuts it off and turns a double play. Yeah. Uh, so it was unfortunate and, to see. And it's just a, a consequence of, you know, just wrong place, wrong time. It's a game of inches. I don't blame them for what they did. It's just kind of unfortunate looking back on it like, hey, we could have got out of that inning. But, but I mean, Vandy deserved to win that game. I mean, yeah, I, I don't did. know if they deserved they to win that game. They were just taking, I mean, like – they, they had like the opportunity game. after opportunity after opportunity. They were just letting U of A hang in, hang in, hang in. And they finally nipped it in the bud in the 12th. But still, I mean, the game should have been over in the 10th. Um, but, I mean, credit to U of A. Credit where credit's due. U of A, I mean, they brought in – they had bases loaded with nobody out, and the pitcher got out of it. What? Yeah. Wild. So, you know, good for U of A. They're in the loser's bracket. But you know what? That's okay, Barr. Yeah. Um, no, it's been a lot of fun in Omaha, getting to see all the fans back in the stands. Full capacity, pretty much, for the most part, in Omaha, which is great. Um, yeah. So we move on, Owen. Good for the College World Series. And Owen, yes. the uh, the day's upon us. We are 24 hours away. We are. Make or break time, okay? I mean, it's NBA draft lottery time in the great, great, great association. Of the NBA, the National Basketball one. I'm, I've been, I've been literally part of my morning routine is waking up, going on a tankathon, and seeing what knocking happens. a couple, knocking a couple Sims out. So, well. without further ado, for the last time, ladies and gentlemen, this has been a process we've started since back in January, February, some may say. It's let's head over. One. To Are we getting a little bit emotional here? I'm about to cry. <laughs> I don't we know. Don't even need, we don't need this website after tomorrow. We can this just website, ignore it for another like it's nine in, months. It's invalid. But we have it loaded up. We're ready to rock final, and roll. Final, final mock draft before, if everyone gets the pick that they're supposed to, final mock draft has us getting Cade Cunningham at one, Isaiah Jackson at 23, and Cam Thomas at 24, which I would love. Give me Cam Thomas all day. Yeah. That would be great. He reminds me of Buddy Heald. I'm just going to yeah. say that right now. Really good but stuff. But 
Three sims each, you know the drill. Let's do it. My first sim. Second pick, Evan Mobley. I'm 0 for 1. I'm 0 for 1. Timberwolves Second got pick. Timberwolves get K'd, but we get Evan Mobley, which is interesting. So at the second pick, they have us projected to pick Evan Mobley, but I don't know. I think, do you go with Mobley in this situation? I mean, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but I think, Ooh. is Suggs the better option for you? Do you want to see them? I want to see them at the combine first before I make any decisions. Yeah. That, that, Combine's coming sense. this week. I want to see Mobley and Suggs perform at the Combine. I want to see how they do in the games, you know, getting up and down the court uh, against other draft talents and just see kind of where they're at after that and then make a decision. But right now, I want to say I lean towards Suggs. I think you I think you draft Suggs and you groom him to be the point guard of the future once John Wall's contract is up. Because he, I, I mean, everyone remembers him for that shot in the Final Four. Obviously, you know, one of the biggest shots in March Mountain is history. But the dude can play point guard. He is a prototypical point guard, I think, in the NBA. He's six foot four, uh, which would be a good size for a point guard. He averaged 18 points, six and a half rebounds, five and a half assists. Uh, five and a half assists in college is a high, high number. That translates to probably, if you're starting in the NBA, eight or nine a game, uh, as well as two and a half steals. So if he is a strong defensive point guard, who can pass the ball and score, I think you prototype where you kind of groom him to be there eventually. But at the same time, Mobley and Wood next to each other would be disgusting. And then it's, it's tough. Obviously, I, I don't think this is a correct mock. I think it's just, uh, you know, rankings. But they have us taking Ayuda Sonmu out of Illinois and then Cam Thomas out of LSU with our other two picks. I don't really see that. Okay, second sim. Is unlucky. The oh, magic too. The magic Pistons get Cade. Magic get Cade. Bulls so we've got a get Pistons, Jaylen a Magic, Suggs. and a T Wolves. And get this, Owen. With the third pick in the draft, the Pacers select Evan Mobley. What? The Pacers move up ten spots in this sim. Crazy. Oh, wow. All right, we're one for two. Final sim. We are okay, one for I got three. One. I got the second pick in my final one. They took Evan Mobley. The Raptors jumped up six spots and took Cade at one. Um, this one's absolutely nutty. We're just getting the bad luck out of the way right now. That's all. Cade, Cade Cunningham goes to the Pelicans, who move up nine spots. Oh, my God. Cade and Zion? Evan Amen. Mobley goes to the Kings, who move up seven spots. Nuts. The Rockets select Butler, Jackson, and Thomas. So, we went two for six. It's hey, so 33%. On we're just getting the, the bad day. look out of the way, getting and we gotta hope out. so. We gotta hope so. I'm just, I'm just clicking it, and I still haven't gotten a good one. <laughs> I've gotten three in a row. I just, I just stopped after three. I, I can't even be bothered. Four in a row. <laughs> you gotta just quit while you're behind. Honestly, at this point, five in a row. But on the sixth try, I get Cade. There yes. are no do-overs on Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, one and done. I, I am emotionally unstable. I am emotionally unstable. I, I have uh, no clue. I have no clue. I'm scared. Yeah. I'm actually scared. It'll make even it even worse, too, because of the fact that Chris Paul is on the Phoenix Suns and P.J. Tucker is on the Milwaukee Bucks and Clint, and Clint Capella is on the Hawks. Three Lovely. of those starters are still in. It would have been three out of five either way had the Nets won because James Harden is there, obviously. Um, 
does that mean I root for the Clippers just because they don't have one of us? I mean, that's, no. who, that's Chris Paul from in the first place. No, you don't root for the Clippers. You root for the Suns because nah, they're, America. for the Suns. they're America's team. Rally the Valley, man. Rally the Valley. Um, but Chris Paul is positive for COVID. That's ah. he is at he is at home right now doing backyard against TikTok dances with his son. Lil uh, Chris. Lil Chris posted a video of him doing a the end of the thick of it dance yesterday uh, in his backyard. So clearly CP3 is having a good time recovering at home, waiting He's to get spirits. back to it. He's out for game one. I mean, we already saw it. Um, the Suns took it anyways, which is huge. Uh, but I, I think after that game one, it is clear to me that this is going to be a great series. Uh, the Suns had you know some guys step up at the end. Mikel Bridges had a couple huge shots, a huge steal. Um, and then the Clippers just wouldn't go away. I mean, we saw one possession in the last couple minutes where they got, I think, two offensive rebounds. And on their third three-point attempt, they finally hit it. Rajon Rondo looked like Ray Allen in the corner in that fourth quarter. Reggie Jackson's knocking down shots. I mean... If Nick Batum hits that three-pointer with about six seconds left, it becomes a one-point game yet again, and the Clippers have a chance to take it to OT. Um, that being said, Terrence Mann also disappeared in game one, which is something that cannot happen. He had 39, no. 39 points to clinch the series in game six, and then in game one, I believe he took like four shots. Looked like Ben Simmons out there. Uh, that can't happen. He needs to be that secondary guy once again if they want to continue in these playoffs because Reggie Jackson isn't going to do that every game. Nick Batum isn't going to be the guy for you. I mean, it, it needs to be Terrence Mann stepping up in Kawhi's place. It has to be. It has to be. And it looks like he can do that. I mean, based oh, on his Game 7 performance, he looked really good. We saw it. We saw it. So, or Game 6 performance, I should say. Yeah. Shout out to the Jazz. Losing. Love it. Anyway, um, no. I think, this, I think the Suns are going to win the series. I said two weeks, three weeks ago now, the Suns were going to beat the Lakers. Then I said that they were going to beat who'd they play last round? The Ma- who did they? They played the no. No, they, they played the no the Nuggets. The Nuggets. They played the Nuggets. I forgot. My bad. Excuse me. That was so I long ago. So long I know. Ago. I forgot. It was so long ago that I already predicted that they were going to win in a sweep, and they did because I predicted it. Um, but on a serious note, I think this team is is complete. They are playing like a veteran-led team. What happens after you win Game One? You FaceTime Chris Paul. That's team chemistry, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and where and where is Nikola Jokic now? He is in Serbia riding horses. He is in Serbia riding horses. Um, I, I just really think, realistically, this team is built for a playoff. I mean, it'd be, a, it'd be a different story if the Clippers had Kawhi. I just think they're 200. I mean, like you said, Terrence Mann's going to need to fill that gap. But is he going to be able to do that over a seven-game series in which you're already down one nothing? Now, we've we've ri- I've ridden the Clippers out. I said the Jazz were going to beat the Clippers. I've said the Mavericks were going to beat the Clippers. If you could tell, I'm not really high on the Clippers. But... What they have is a solid team. I think they've met their match, though. I, I don't know. I think once CP3 comes back, this is a full team. You could easily just run pick-and-roll screens with Aiton and get easy points. Or you could pass it to Book, who's really good off-ball and on-ball. I I don't know if there's a hole in the Suns team right now. And which is wild the day, to think about. It is. It is wild. But I think one of the one of the X factors of the series, what it's going to come down to is which coach outcoaches the other. I mean, Tyron Lue has been able to make adjustments in the last two series. And on top of the Clippers just waking up in games three through six uh, or, or three through seven in the Mavericks case, I mean, that team 
has made good coaching adjustments as well. Tyron Lou is definitely, you know, going to be the guy that gets a lot of the credit for them coming back in two straight series that they were down 2-0. And so if they go down 2-0 yet again, it's going to be interesting to see how Tyron Lou makes adjustments and then how Monty Williams make adjust makes adjustments to those adjustments. Um, they're two of the best head coaches in the league. We've seen it all season. Uh, Tyron Lou is apparently the best playoff head coach of all time uh, based on how he performs in, in, you know, games where, where this team can clinch, but numbers never lie. Um, they don't lie. And uh, it shows us that Tyron Lou has been great in these playoffs as the head coach of the Clippers. So, I mean, it, it, at the end of the day, it just comes down to, can they overcome the Kawhi injury? I don't know if they can. I think I am picking the Suns in this series, but I think the Clippers certainly make it interesting. Even if they go down 2-0, I think the series goes at least six games, maybe seven. Wow. I, I don't see that. But I said that the last two Clippers series. I just, they look very lackluster in the first couple of games. And I just, but like you said, Ty Lue does know how to make changes. But once CP3 comes back, I think it's just going to be too little too late. Now, when CP3 comes back is a huge deal. I don't know when he does come back. But what I've seen, the Suns look good. So that'll be a fun Western Conference Finals. And Owen, how about our final four teams, right? We have the Bucks. We have the Clippers, we have the Suns, and we have, after an astounding Game 7 performance, Trey Young and the Hawks going into Philadelphia and just brute forcing their way into the Eastern Conference Finals. If you would have told me at the beginning of this year that the Atlanta Hawks, who fired their coach in the middle of the season, would be one of the final four teams remaining in this season, I would tell you you're on crack. But no, here we are. Nate McMillan and co. State Farm Arena, stand up. The Hawks are here. And man, they look good. They were 14 and 20 at one point. I mean, they they, they were cons- they, they were considering trading John Collins, who was a cornerstone of their team. Yeah. At the beginning of the season, right after the Rockets traded hard and people were talking about the Rockets should go get Collins at the deadline. And I just find that hilarious how the tables have turned from there because now the Rockets obviously are just about the biggest sellers in the league because they are so bad. Uh, And here the Hawks are in the Eastern Conference Finals. And I, I, you know, Trey Young loves the supervillain role. He's played it amazingly. I mean, he, he is so fun to watch out there in opposing stadiums, you know, Philadelphia and Boston now in one playoff series or Philadelphia, New York. I mean, in, in one, you know, set of playoffs, but how about Kevin Herter in game seven? That's who I want to talk about. Cause Kevin oh goodness. had himself a game. Uh, Hawks legend, Josh Smith was, was loving Kevin after the game, posted a couple memes for him. Uh, lovely stuff from Josh as always, but Kevin Herter, three cold blooded free throws in the final minute after Matisse Thibel fouled him from three to, you know, cap off his game. Um, and a game where Trey Young struggled, quite frankly. Trey Young was not able to shoot the ball well last night. Kevin Herter picked up the slack, and if it's not for if it weren't for Kevin Herter, they don't win that game. Simply put, I mean, Trey Young finds other ways to get himself involved in the game. Obviously, he had 10 assists. Him and Capella were working all night together. It looked like Harden and Capella, the way he was using him to lob it up. But I mean, apart from that. Um, Trey Young was five of 23 from the field, two of 11 from three. 
Kevin mm-hmm. Herter, 10 of 18, two of four from three. Kevin Herter was knocking down his shots in a game where nobody else could on the team, it seemed like. It was him and Danilo Gallinari that carried them offensively. I mean, when you when you have when you have that, that's how you know your team is deep enough to make a run. And that's kind of what we saw last night. Oh yeah. Okay. That that was the issue in game six. There was just no bench help from the Hawks, right? Or there wasn't really no bench help from the bulk of the you know, the Nets as well as the Hawks, their defense just, you know, they, they weren't able to get points that weren't from their stars. Yeah. Kevin Herter comes alive in game seven, and that's what's going to allow the Hawks to compend and compete against the Bulls in this next series. It's going not to be based on how well Trey Young does. We know he's going to come out and be decent. It's going to be on who on your bench can go out there and get you points. Can Kevin Herter go get you points? Is Clint Capella going to be okay? How's Clint going to go up against Giannis? I mean, I, I don't know. I... And don't even get me started with that Nets game. That was wild. But while we're on the topic of the Hawks, I I really think this team has the grittiness to possibly give the Bucks a run for their money. Now we're looking at a Bucks team who just knocked out the number one contenders in the Nets. Um, but I still seem to think that there's, you know, is this the year? Like, they could be the team that makes the finals and fires their coach after making the finals. You know, I, I just yeah. don't think Budenholzer controls his team well. Yeah, I, I absolutely uh, could could see that. And I don't I don't know. My whole thing uh, with this Hawks 76ers series was just as much as the Hawks won it, the 76ers lost it. And, I mean, Twitter exploded after last night's game. Ben Simmons at this point, his trade value is probably, I mean, a, a, maybe a popcorn machine, a couple used headbands. I don't know who is going to trade for Ben Simmons right now. A vending machine. And, I mean, Philadelphia is going to do everything they can to get rid of them. It seems like Doc Rivers threw him under the bus. Embiid threw him under the bus. And Embiid was right. The turning point of that game was when Ben Simmons drove. He made the nice post move, got directly under the basket. It would have been a dunk. Instead, he passes it to Thibel, who gets fouled, misses the first free throw. And after that, the momentum is just let out of the building. Um, and, and they never recovered from that. So, I mean, Ben Simmons in games four through seven in the fourth quarter did not take a shot. He did not. He took three shots in the fourth quarter of the entire series, which for a guy who's making $35 million a year simply can't happen. Like, I mean, I, I don't know how to express that more. I don't care how good he is defensively. I don't care how good of a playmaker he is. In, in basketball's most simple form, you have to put the ball into the basket. And if I'm paying a guy $35 million, even if it's not his main thing, I need him to be able to give me 15 to 20 points on a nightly basis. If he's going to average a triple-double, that's fine, but you have to shoot the ball. And Ben Simmons just did not do that. He shot them out of the out of the series with his free throws. I mean, it, I like I said, as good as you are defensively, as good as you are as a playmaker, I don't care if you're a foot eleven point guard, you have to be able to score the ball, and he didn't do yeah. that. And, and that's where I think this, this whole 76ers experiment has to blow up. Keep him beat, everybody else can go. It, yeah? It's my take on it. Is Daryl doing that though? I, is Daryl Morey shy of trading superstars? Is nope. he? He's not scared to do that. He will. So move, we have learned. He will move Ben Simmons in a heartbeat. He will move Tobias Harris in a heartbeat. He will move Seth Curry in a heartbeat. He will move Matisse Thybul in a heartbeat. I mean, it doesn't matter. He will move them. Um, I think the only people on this team that he is committed to are Embiid. Maybe Tyrese Maxey, as we saw earlier in the season, Maxey was the reason the Ben Simmons for James Harden deal didn't get done. And thank God. 
Oh yeah, thank God. But I mean, this 76ers team just I, I loved how they were built coming into the playoffs, and then I actually watched it on the court and it was abysmal. Um so I, I'm I'm honestly just gonna have to take the L on that one. I was I kept talking about how I thought the 76ers were built for the playoffs and how I think they'd be good to go. Uh, but in reality, Joel Embiid is the only person taking shots in the fourth quarter, and he's gassed to the point where he's basically just falling on the floor every time he shoots the ball. So, I mean, it's it's not working, clearly. Um, need Embiid to rest up over the offseason. He might end up having to have surgery on that knee. Who knows? But, I mean, they'll be back next season. You know they'll be back next season. And I was talking yeah. to you about it earlier. What, what I do if I'm the 76ers is I don't trade Ben Simmons this offseason. I keep him going into the regular season. I let him build up some regular season numbers because regular season Ben Simmons is better than playoff Ben Simmons because you can't game plan for a guy if you're only playing them once every you know few weeks in a seven game series you game plan for that team but you're not doing that across the regular season so once Simmons gets back to averaging close to a triple double like he does usually in the regular season his trade value is going to go back up again people are going to forget about these last couple games um, and, and then at that point I think I move him closer to the trade deadline just I I don't know if i'm committed to moving him right now because of how low the return would be i don't know oh yeah it, it wouldn't be a good one would not be a good return i don't think for simmons at all so owen um i do want to point out thing we don't have in our notes just good on becky hammond becky hammond uh this is actually breaking news she's advanced to the final stages of the trailblazers coaching search along with rockets legend sam cassell so Good on Becky Hammond, man. I, I would love to see Dame in a Spurs-type, Becky Hammond-type scheme. That'd be really fun to watch. So, um, But, hey, good on Becky Hammond, and congrats to her. Uh, according to Shams, this is great. It's awesome. So, it's NBA action for you. Got a couple good series there. And, Owen, soccer time over in the Euros, okay? Um, through the group stage, um, not through yet, but uh, looks like we have a couple – locked up groups including group a italy and wales good for wales looks good okay and oh and i did my research so england and wales and scotland they're all a part of great britain right yes yes so and great britain's in the united kingdom yeah? Mm yeah so did you know that the only time that though, because think about it, if the English, the Welsh, and the Scottish all teamed up, they would be an OP team. They'd probably win the Euros. They could, but they they've only teamed up once, and it was in London for the 2012 Olympics where they competed as Great Britain. But the funny thing about that is. In the Olympics, the professional players typically don't play, as well as this was a Euros year, because the Euros fall in the same year as the Olympics. However, the team, Great Britain, both the Welsh and the Scottish, said they wanted no part of it. So it was essentially a glorified Team England. But they were fighting for all of Great Britain. That was really interesting to me. Lovely stuff. But it's a little weird little country action going on over across the pond. But anyway, I digress. Wales and Gareth Bale look really good. Italy, as always, they just play very fast, very fast-paced soccer. Looks like they're getting through. I haven't lost in 30 matches. That's, that's going to be hard to beat. 
hard to beat for sure. And then in Group B, I love Belgium. And you know who I love on Belgium, Owen? Let's hear Everton legend Romelu Lukaku. Oh, yeah. Lukaku's cold. He's, he's nice he with it. De Bruyne is nice with it. Um, they're just really good. Uh, and then you got Denmark, Russia, and Finland. That's kind of a, a cheese bracket for the uh, good old Belgians. Um, I don't know. Finland? Yeah. Finland, I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see today who who ends up going through. It's going to be an interesting one. Um, I've, it's kind of odd because Denmark actually does not have any points so far, uh, but in Vegas they are still the favorite to advance. Uh, so I found that interesting that Russia and Finland both have more points than them, but are not favored to advance. Uh, that's one of the closer brackets or one of the closer groups, I guess I should say. Um, group C right now, Netherlands has already moved through. Austria and Ukraine are actually playing as we record to see who advances in that second spot. Austria, I believe, is up 1-0 right now over Ukraine. Um, but, I mean, there are some interesting bra- there are some interesting groups. Group E has been, has been won with Spain, Sweden, Poland, Slovakia going into match day three. None of the teams have clinched a spot in the next round in the knockout stage. Uh, so that's going to be a fun one to follow. And then... That group of death, man, group F, Germany and France have become heavy favorites to advance after Portugal got destroyed by Germany. I believe it was 4-2, led by two own goals by the Portuguese that gave the the Germans two goals. Um, So that's going to be that's going to be an interesting one to see how it pans out. Germany and Portugal are both on three points going into match day three. But I believe Germany plays Hungary, who is at the bottom of the bracket. So, I mean you have any favorites after the group stage? I mean, I know we said we like Italy, but who else are you looking at out of the groups that you're, that you're seeing are, are going to be good? I think it's coming home, man. I think it's coming home. I think England has a team this year. They wow. look very resilient. Now, Harry Kane not looking the best, right? No. Um, not in good form. Hasn't been in good form all year. But I will say, when you have Jordan Pickford in net – I like I like the team he plays for. But anyway, Jordan Pickford has been a brick wall whether he plays for Everton or not. He's been really good. Um your defense, your defensemen are really good. I it's just can you get Sterling going? Can you get some attack? And then I think I like England. Um other than I that, know, I don't know if I like them. I don't know if I do just because of who you said, Harry Kane. He is struggling right now and now news has broke this morning that Man City are readying a 100 million euro offer for him. So I mean, at this stage, is his head really in the Euros or is his head in his future in the Premier League? Because, I mean, when you've got a bidding war essentially going on for you between top teams in the Premier League, you've got to be thinking about that bag. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is 139 US dollars, 139 million US dollars being offered to him by Man City. So that is a many, many dollars. That is a lot. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. One hundred and thirty-nine million. What? That's a lot. That's a lot of pennies. That's a lot of after pennies. Watching, after watching England draw with Scotland, I think it's hard to pick them in in my mind. But I I do think they could be a team who is resilient. Like you said, they've got they've got a solid defense. They made a couple great stops on Scotland, who had some attacks that could have that could have you know turned the tables. Um, but. I don't know. I like Italy quite a bit. I like France quite a bit. I like Germany quite a bit. Uh, they they put they put a you know 
a pretty a pretty bad a pretty bad score on on Portugal on like a not quite a Brazil type beat. It wasn't seven one, but four two against the best player in the world or second best player in the world. However you want to look at it, is impressive. So I think yeah. it's going to be interesting. I think it will be very interesting, Owen. I, I really have enjoyed the Euros. I forgot how much fun it is, even though I, I don't it live in one of the countries. It's a lot of fun to watch. It's a little baby World Cup. Gotta love it. So yeah. th- that's fun, Owen. And you know what else is fun? Having the best run differential in all of baseball, Owen. I, I find that to be nice. very astounding. I do um, enjoy that. And I wonder what team has now, currently, after beating the team that had the best run differential in baseball, um, has the best run of baseball? Uh, I think it's the Astros, Owen. I think it I is, thought, yeah. I, I thought they couldn't hit without a trash can. I, I thought they needed a trash can to hit the baseball. Oh, Those White Sox announcers oh, are clowns. Oh. That's hilarious. What, what is what is Ozzie Guillen doing? What are you doing? Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? White Sox legend Ozzie Guillen. Put some respect on the man's name. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, it was pretty embarrassing. The Astros have now... Won seven in a row, uh, including four against the White Sox. Uh, we have perfect the highest home stand. in baseball. Abraham Toro was insane. Uh, he had a four-hit game yesterday. He hit his first major league home run of this season on Thursday. I was at the game. I watched it in person, live and in color. Uh, that was great. Quick game, too. It was like two hours, 45 minutes. We yeah, it was. Time. Quick game, just in and out, uh, get the victory. Only one game was close the entire series. That was Friday night where Jordan walked it off. Uh, but the Astros look really, really, really good. We took some of the best starting pitchers in the American League in those White Sox guys, and we just embarrassed them. I mean, Lance Lynn had his worst start of the year. Uh, Dylan Cease had one of his worst starts of the year. Keuchel had one of his worst starts in the of the year in his return to Houston. His worst start since 2013, Owen. He only went two yeah. and two-thirds. And fun yeah. fact, I was at that last worst start for Dallas Keuchel because, oh, nice. uh, yeah, it was against the Indians and he got destroyed. Uh, love it. Anyway, I, this team is clicking on all cylinders. The respect is not being put on their name. You look at the MLB and the Athletic, their power rankings both have the Dodgers at number one. Dodgers don't even lead their division. They don't lead their division. We we barely we're tied to be fair. True, true, true. However, this team is firing on all cylinders. The, it's not just the hitting. The hitting is great. Yes, we're knocking the shit out the ball. But you know what else is different on our pitching staff is rock fucking solid. Okay, I mean it is Fromber Valdez. It is Lance McCullers Jr. It, it, uh, this team. Gets deep into innings, deep in the games. Your starters are giving you innings, and you're getting out there, and you're throwing gems. Like, obviously it helps when you have a four-run, five-run cushion as a starting pitcher. Yes, that helps. Oh, yeah. But, but. man, oh, man, oh, me, oh, my, is this team fun to watch. Look at our starting pitcher's ERA for the season. Granke is possibly the worst starting pitcher we have at a 3.74 ERA. It's 3.7. 2-8 for Garcia, 3-6 for Urquidy, 2-9 for McCullers, and then Bromber is at 1.67 right now with a sub-one whip and five starts. I mean, we are so, so good from top to bottom in our starting rotation right now. The bullpen is the only thing you could argue is a weakness of this team, but that's so easy to remedy if we just buy a bullpen arm at the deadline. I mean, we talked about it last week. Richard Rodriguez is one of the guys who could be on the table. Maybe Ian Kennedy, a little bit of inter- interstate trading. Uh, if Taylor Rogers, Rangers, Taylor Rogers is another good one. We get another lefty arm from the twins. 
I mean, there, there are so many options out there for us to buy at the deadline. I'm really not worried about that. That is something that can be fixed. And the fact that we're winning games despite the bullpen is, uh, is amazing right now because, I mean, Bielak came in in the game that I went to, and he looked good out in relief. Uh, well, obviously, I, Ryan Presley has been good. But, I mean, there's, it's just so – it's just such a – you know, it's not a deep bullpen is the issue right It now. isn't. It isn't. But Bielak has looked good. I saw him touch 97 at night on Thursday. He touched 97 with his fastball. So maybe he comes in with a little bit more velo, shorter guy. I mean, I know he was kind of stretched out to start games. Now if he's coming in just to throw BBs, I mean, who knows? Yep. But um, you got Christian Javier now who's in the bullpen. I love that. Um, but eventually when you get to the playoffs, one of Odorizzi, Garcia, one of Odorizzi or Garcia is going to be in the pen, whether you like it or not. So yeah. I love the whole piggybacking idea. It worked really well with Lance against the Rangers. Lance goes for four. Odorizzi goes for four. And then whoever you want, Stanek slash Presley, gets you, gets you home. And you use your, your other guys to bridge the gap. For instance, if Lance only went four and a third, they put in Blake Taylor for two-thirds of an inning. Odor as he starts the next thing, and the next thing you know, you get four innings from Odo, and you're chilling. So I really like that idea. I think that'll play really well in the playoffs, similar to what the Nationals did in 2019 against us, um, just piggybacking starters. Uh, they did that with Patrick Corbin, uh, Daniel Hudson as well, who's also a name that we could go out and get in the trade deadline possibly. Um but I really think that idea is what's going to be the, the what the Astros are going to need because you don't have the luxury of being like your 2017 team where you have that shut down seven eight nine. It, yeah. It's not, that that's not going to be there. Okay, um, your bullpen is very inexperienced. So, uh, but Presley's being Presley, which is awesome. Um, but I'm really looking forward to what the team has. I'm, I was, I was, I got pretty hyped there for a second because I, I really am. I'm enjoying the Astros. I mean, it, mm -hmm. it's great just to see everybody weep. Please weep. Um, in the words of famous Dex, "Hose mad," and we love it. LJ hose mad. Put a put a little Astros twist on it. Why not? Um, but that's not to be outdone with the fact that the A's. You're right. We're not leading. Our, we're tied for the lead in our division. They're good. The A's had a seven-game win streak only to be snapped by Aroldis Chapman. Okay, fair enough. Yankees turned a triple play. They won a game. Good for them. But the A's went into New York and did business. Okay, they only lost one game. They had a seven-game win streak. That's huge. Um, oh, that allowed for us to be tied. Now, that that two-team two race is going to be crazy because both teams are crazy. They're great. Yeah. Um, Owen, can we talk about Matt Olson real quick? Why don't we? I, I Why don't mean, we talk about Matt Olson? Wow. What is he? What I mean? Can you give me some stats on him? Owen? I mean, it's nuts. This is my this is my breakout player of the week. Right? I mean, if we if we look at it, him and him and Otani's numbers this season are very very similar. I mean, everyone's seeing what Shohei Otani is doing on the season, uh, but I mean, you look at it side by side. Olson hasn't beaten the hits department by nine, and he hasn't beaten the batting average department by thirty points. On base percentage, he hasn't beat by twenty points. Slugging percentage, he loses some of it, but their OPS is. 1.005 for Otani, 998 for Olsen. Uh, they both have 29 walks on the season. Um, one of them has 54 RBIs. The other has 53. Otani has 23 homers. Olsen has 20. I mean, Otani's obviously getting all the attention for what he's doing, and deservedly so because he's insane. Uh, he might be the best, the best baseball player on planet Earth right now, and his teammate's name is Mike Trout. Um, 
that that could be i mean he could be the mvp right now over vladdy and that's that's something insane to think about just i i think he is at this moment in time it's just uh you know matt olson is essentially shohei otani without the pitching ability and a very good good and it's a very good first baseman's glove too he is a great first baseman defensively and he's hitting the crap out of the ball right now so uh, the the A's have their own mini Otani uh, with Matt Olson as their first baseman. That's kind of my take on him or what what I see him as in that lineup because he is really carrying that team right now. I mean, you look at you look at the the league lead for OPS. He is number six in the league, I believe, in OPS. The next Oakland hitter is Mark Kana, all the way down at number forty among qualified players. So, I mean, that team is Matt Olson and some good arms and then pretty much everybody else um but i mean they're good they they really are they're gonna be hard they're gonna be hard to to match up with come october mm-hmm. but oh and those aren't the only two teams that are doing rock solid the mariners sweep the rays this weekend need we forget about them they're doing good kyle Mayer, kyle lewis and co but more importantly the angels man have a week show hey otani Homers in every game he plays, except for the game he pitched in. Fair enough. And he, had, the, a, and he had a quality start in that one. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, just casual quality start. It's crazy, yeah. Owen. Shohei Otani is committed to go to the home run derby. He's got a 1.100 OPS since Mike Trout went to the injured list. I mean, come on. Let's be real. Five home runs this week. He's giving out quality starts. He's dishing out the best women. Oh, by the way, this Wednesday, it's Kevin Gaussman versus Shohei Otani. Is that not the game of the week? That's crazy. Watch television. I I saw a stat on that one, too. That is going to be the first game in MLB history, assuming Otani hits for himself, where the NL team uses a DH and the AL team does not. Uh, So that's going to be fun to see. Just another one of those weird stats. It feels like we get one every game for Otani. You know, first guy to do this since 1910. First guy to do this since Babe Ruth, blah, blah, blah. Uh, add another one to that list. So Otani and Gaussman is going to be really, really fun to watch. I love Kevin Gaussman's stuff and he's just been incredible this year, but I mean, yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be a fun series to see. Cause if these angels can come into San, or if I guess if the angels can kind of hold their ground in Anaheim uh, with San Francisco coming in, that could be big for the Dodgers as well. Uh, who are looking to finally take first place. You mentioned they're first in a lot of people's power rankings, but they're not first place in their division. So if the Angels can come in and win a couple over the Giants, maybe give the Dodgers a little bit of a boost, pick them up, put them in first place, and then, you know, from there, I don't see the Dodgers looking back. Uh, it's just, you know, when's that going to happen? Exactly. Is, is um, the thing. Yeah. So David Fletcher as well, batting 320 over his last 30 games, 370 over his past 15. Fletch, man, puts the ball in play. It's great. So I think it's good to have a competitive AL West. A lot of fun. We have a lot of good stuff going on across the league as well. AL Central, Owen, I would usually ask how the White Sox are doing, but we both know. They, uh, we they're, only, know. they're only up by three and a half games over the Indians. Um, crazy. Nuts. Uh, I'm not I, even I, worried. That's the thing. No, I, I wouldn't be either. I mean, you that's a tough stretch that y'all have just been on. And uh, the fact that you, know, you had to come into Houston is not helping your, your cause a little bit. I think... Your starters are going to get back to form for sure. You're just well, facing I mean, an off. I mean, you're facing an offense that doesn't really, you know, care. 
and their schedule up until the all-star break is cheese. I mean, you've got two games now against Pittsburgh. You've got three games against the Seattle team who's sitting around 500, but let's be honest, how Seattle going to hold up against uh, those white Sox arms? I mean, especially because Seattle's weakness this year has seemed to be their bats. After that, they've got four against Minnesota, three against Detroit, another three against Minnesota, and then three against Baltimore. So arguably the best team they are playing until the all-star break is the Seattle Mariners. Uh, so that's like 15, 20 games right there where if they win 70% of them, they will, you know, run away with that division again. They're only up three games right now, like you said. And the Indians have won seven out of 10. It's just, you know, the Indians just got through that part of their schedule where it was easy. Uh, they just came off of a three-game series against the Pirates, a four-game against the Orioles, and a three-game against the Mariners. And then two series before that was another three against the Orioles. So the Indians have had an easy time with their schedule. The White Sox have had a hard time, and those roles are about to completely flip-flop. Uh, and that's why I'm not super worried yet. Uh, Brian Goodwin has looked like a good addition. He'll be able to play a formidable right field, at least until they get – uh, either Robert or Jimenez back, whichever one comes first. But I mean, Jake Lamb, Andrew Vaughn, Brian Goodwin, those guys are having to pick up the pieces and they're not doing a bad job so far. They're really not. Mm-mm. Not at all. Brian Goodwin, man. Blast Angels, legend. Blast. Angels legend, Brian Goodwin. It's crazy. Uh, he used to have a good bat. Yeah, he still does. It, it, it's, it's, it's there. Okay. Um, just got to feel bad. Um, you know, for the White Sox, it's kind of a tough time in Houston, but they're, they're back on it. You know, who knows? I, I don't feel bad for Father Time, who is getting absolutely destroyed by Nelson Cruz. 12-20 OPS in his last 15 games with a 300 batting average. Oh, and by the way, 15 home runs this season. Crazy stuff for Nelson Cruz, even though the Twins are not doing the best. You could de- I could definitely see him getting uh, moved before July 31st for sure as like a big bat. For a, another team, I think we've talked about that a couple weeks ago, but I, I I do think that that that's very strong possibility. Yep. I mean, so, we'll see we'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes. They'll be able to hold on for now. It's just you know how how is it how is it going to go? And uh, I don't know if we shouted him out yet on this podcast, but Jonathan Scope. I just want to talk about him for a second. Talk about Jonathan him. Scope. Jonathan Scope. Uh, playing, I guess he's transitioned to first base now. He's played pretty much everywhere on the field at some point in his career, but he's playing first base a lot for the Tigers right now in Miggy's spot. Over the last 30 games, he has the third highest OPS in baseball behind two guys named Matt Olson and Carlos Correa. Uh, Scope has a 345 batting average with 11 homers, 23 RBIs in that span. I don't see a world where he's not an all-star this year, especially because he's the Tigers' pretty much only option right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's a lot of fun. Gotta love that. And I feel like he's just another guy who kind of goes under the radar because he's in a small market. He's on a crappy team. If Jonathan Scope is playing for the Dodgers or the Angels or the Astros, he is a nationally known name. Uh, and oh, I don't yeah. feel like I don't feel like he gets enough love. So we're gonna give it to him here. I would. I would definitely. I mean, he he's four been like four and a half million one year deal is what they got him for. I mean, what? In what world is nobody giving him more than four and a half million dollars to be a contender on a team? And is that possibly another guy who gets to be a deadline move? I mean, are people going to be lining up to trade for Jonathan Scope to be an extra bat at the deadline, especially because it's a one year, four and a half million dollar deal where he's unrestricted at the end of the season? You just pick him up to be a bat for the rest of the year, give up maybe one or two prospects because you want to compete and then run with it. I mean, this guy hasn't signed a multi-year contract in his career. He hasn't had one. 
which is wild so, to think it's so about. wild. It's so wild. He's had 6 million, 7 million, 5 million, 8 million, 3 million. And then it was arbitration before that. And he has never had someone sign him to a multi-year deal. And I don't understand why, because he really is a good, good bat. He is fair. And he's solid. I was telling the angels to, before they went out and traded for Iglesias to go out and grab scope. Uh, but man, when you when you put it like that, the fact that he hasn't had a multi year contract is wild to me. Yeah, that's crazy. He's been in a, he's been in a league with, I mean, he started in Baltimore in 2013 where he played five games, but he played a full season with Baltimore in 2014. He had a, an All Star season in 2017 where he was even 12th place in MVP voting. He was an All Star that year. 2019, he has an above average OPS plus, hits 23 homers. Last year in the pandemic season, an OPS plus of 116, and just nobody is signing him. It's weird. He's been a second baseman his whole career. A second baseman with that bat, I mean, that's that's invaluable. And that, now you move him to first in Detroit, takes away a little bit of the defensive, I mean, prowess, I guess. But it, you're there You're there for the bat, and that's what you're going to get from him. And I don't understand why people aren't jumping at it, honestly. Yeah, that's that's wild. Wow. Jonathan Scope, make him an all-star. Why not, ladies and gentlemen? Need to. Uh, yeah, speaking of uh, the Orioles, man, I feel bad for them. They've hit uh, – Ryan Mountcastle is going nuts. He had a three-home run day Saturday against Toronto, a game that the Orioles lost. Why? They were up like eight to eight to two, eight to yeah. four, something like that, or seven to four. And Mullins, had two, to seven. Mullins had two homers in that game too. I Like I want to feel bad for the Orioles, but at the same time, it, I feel like in a way that's the best way to lose a baseball game as a young team. Just have all of your young players be great, and then everyone else who you don't really care about is who throws the game away. Because if you, I mean, who are they really worried about as like a fan base right now? They're worried about John Means and how he develops, and he's been great this year, 2.280 ERA and 12 starts. You're worried about Ryan Mountcastle, who could be your first baseman of the future. He's up to like 16 homers now in the season, 15 homers. You're worried about Cedric Mullins, who's another guy that needs to be an all-star this season. Uh, he has a 941 OPS on the season, batting 319 in that lineup. Uh, so he he should be their all-star representatives alongside John Means. And, and, I mean, apart from that, who are you really worried about? Austin Hayes, maybe? I mean, yeah, it's it's the young guys and then it's everybody else. I If I'm an Orioles fan, I don't even care about whether my team is winning or losing. I just want to see my young guys perform and develop. And that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. Yeah, and I mean, and those they, moments... Those moments, those three homer games, those are good for morale. Even though you lose the game, the fact that you're like, oh, okay, hey, I'm in the big leagues and I just hit a three home run game. That's wild. Absolutely. So that, that, those are good building blocks for a team, especially a team like the Orioles. But elsewhere in the division, Owen, the Rays have lost five straight games. What is this team? We just praised them a week ago and they go on to lose five straight. Sox are retaking the division lead. That's wild. Uh, yes, the Yankees won one game. Against the A's. Congratulations to them. Uh, it's Good big job, for them. Good job. Pat on the back for Gary Sanchez, who, in all honesty, has been going off. 1066 OPS in his past 15 games and three home runs this week. Good for El Gary. Now, can he frame a pitch? I don't know. Find out next week. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. It, 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 enough of the hatred. Okay, yes. Okay. Yankees are okay. Who cares? They're it, still, just, it just feels like they never click at the, at the right time at the no. same time. It's like, I mean, okay, it's like Gary Sanchez, I'll be good this week, okay? And then, hey, Judge, your week is yeah. next week, and then you're going to go 0 for 20. Stanton's going to hit three bombs, then he's going to go 0 for 15. 
genuinely oh, how it feels. I mean, yeah, April I mean, April was Stanton's month. I remember seeing him in that Astros series just hit the ball hard every time he was up to the plate, and then he got cold, and it became Judge's turn, and then Judge was hot, and now we're seeing Gary Sanchez has a thousand OPS over the last thirty days. Next highest on the Yankees team among qualified hitters is Gio Urshela, seven thirty six, which is hardly even league average. So it's so it's so weird to see Stanton in that time has a seven eighty two OPS. He doesn't quite qualify as a batter, which is odd. But I mean, you go from ten to twenty eight, seven eighty two is the next highest. So, I mean, it's just a team that needs to click at the same time, and they're not doing that now. You've got all the all the rumors surrounding Garrett Cole. That's obviously got to be a distraction for your team. Um, other than that, I don't even know where you go with your rotation. I mean, Jordan Montgomery is there giving you innings, I guess. Um, Domingo Herman is not good right now. Tyon is not good right now. I mean, that team is not good. No. I, like, they're five games over 500. They're not completely eliminated from the playoff picture, but they're not good right now. And I, I, I don't know. It's, it's funny to me to see Yankees fans on Twitter try to defend this team and say like, oh, we just we're, we're one bat away. Like, nah. in what world are the Yankees in third place at the trade deadline, not even in the wild card picture right now, going to trade for a Cattell Marte or trade for a Trevor Story? In what I world is that, that happening? I could see four Cash. games back of the second place. I mean, I could see Cashman doing that though. But the smart thing—they would don't be care to- about the money. That's the thing. They'll do it. I think the smart thing would be to offload some guys like Chapman, people like that, get some you know trade value, get some prospects. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to trade for Cattell Marte. I think that, that that's going to be – Marte or Story, they're going to get one of the two, I think. that That's my opinion. Um, but, you know, the Rays yeah. are stumbling, Owen, but they go out and get Wander Franco. Oh, they didn't, they didn't go out and get him. Oh, he was in their AAA system. Welcome to the big leagues – Baseball's number one prospect, Wander Franco, getting called up. Big news. Just the jolt I think the Rays are going to want and need. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And, you know, yes, they traded away their starting shortstop, but they're getting Wander Franco. Let's go, right? Let's get hype. I think that's going to be really good for the boys over at the Trop. Raking in AAA, too. Him, uh, like, they they showed his stat line in AAA this season. He has a 7% strikeout rate, I think, which is practically unheard of. Uh, and, and I mean, they compared it to like, they basically did the baseball savant player comparison tool to figure out what other minor league players have had triple A seasons like that. And the most recent one that's similar to it is Vladdy in triple A. Wow. So I, I mean, this, this kid is going to be insane. There's a reason he's the number one prospect in baseball. I think everyone just needs to buckle up and watch, uh, because what he's about to do is going to be insane it's going to be it's going to be amazing we need to just sit back and enjoy the ride at this yes point. i mean they're Does so he, good ah, yeah oh I, i'm really looking he's forward so to that he he's he's just cut differently you know he's cut differently uh man i don't know at least is fun yeah it's fun it, it, it's definitely it different i mean you could see over the course of a week how things shifted right the games lost the rays lost five straight and now the the Sox are back in the division lead. So you're kind of starting to flesh out, not really flesh out, but I mean, this is kind of lockjaw, you know, it's, 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 we're stuck in between things and do the Yankees go out and get a bat? I mean, we are, oh, and it is June 21st. Just over a month left until the trade deadline. Um, 
I don't know what what happens. We'll see though. I'm really looking forward to see what Wander Franco has. Uh, but continuing, just loving on the Blue Jays too. They're great. So we talked about Gaussman on the outset of the AL West. Move to the NL West. Um, but the Giants still lead their division. Uh, the Padres are slipping, which is fine. Uh, but the Dodgers, though, eight out of ten. Now, respectfully, they were playing the Diamondbacks, who need we remind you they have lost thirty-five of their last forty games. Not good. They are not no. good. It is bad. Like it's comically bad. It is two thousand ten to two thousand twelve Astros bad. Yeah, not good. They but stink. Literally. And it's not even that. Like, the fans aren't even showing up to the games. They play the Dodgers this weekend. It's just a sea of blue. It's terrible. There is no... And I'm guessing the Phoenix faithful, the Valley faithful, are just focused on the Suns. But, man. It's the ticket prices, too. It's still $30 a game. to Even to sit all the way at the top, they're they're still charging $30 for tickets. So I've seen a lot of people on Twitter angry about that. Uh, that's that's a that's a one way ticket to getting fans back in your stadium is lower the ticket price. That's an easy one. Uh, yeah. learn, learn that in econ. Shout out Mr. Longo. But mm. I mean, they're they're terrible. I mean, we we said it. They're going to be sellers at the deadline. Cattell Marte's gone. Um, Eduardo Escobar is probably gone. He's quietly got a 15 homer season going. Uh, you you like you know you're bad when you make the Rockies look good. Yeah. Like the the Colorado Rockies are 10 games ahead of Arizona. That's how bad they are. So I I don't even know where they go from here. Uh, they've allowed 416 runs this season. That is nearly 50 more than any other team. The only other teams who are anywhere near that are the Orioles and the Twins at 373 and 374, respectively. So they're about 40 runs behind 29. So that's that's how bad they are. It's so uh, sad. We, we could just keep going on, on it. But, I mean, at the end of the day. They're bad. Um, we don't even need to pay attention to them because the, the top three teams are very good. The Giants are yes. very good. And and we need to we need to stop doubting them at some point because I mean we're nearly halfway through the season and here they are still in first. Uh the Dodgers are apparently the best team in the MLB according to everyone's power rankings. Um they do have the run differential to back it up. It's the best in the in the National League, second best in the league behind the Astros. And then the Padres are the best third third place team I think I've probably ever seen. Uh, they have a plus 72 run differential. They've won four games in a row as well. Uh, and they're five games back in the division. So, And the, the cool thing is Petco Park opened to full capacity, though. Dodgers had their reopening day, but so did the Padres. And need I remind you, Owen, when fans were last allowed back in the stands in 2019, the Padres were not that good, no. if you recall. So you skip a year, and the fans in 2021 going out there – and being able to see their team, man, ah, it, it, it's crazy. It's electric. The Padres are so much fun. And oh, remember, remember back in April when everybody was watching Dodgers Padres, and that was like the big thing to do. Like that was like the World Series. Oh, this week we get Dodgers Padres starting tonight. Julio Arias and Hugh Darvish go, uh, and it is a, it, it's it's gonna be good. It's a three game set. The Dodgers are throwing out Bauer. Kershaw and Urias. So and you get and then on that side you're gonna have Darvish and then to be determined, but it looks like it'll be some form of like a like a like a little Blake Snellage, you know, something like that mm. is fun. So being able to see those two teams go at it. So Padres 
can possibly go out there and although they've been stumbling a little bit, go out and get uh get get a couple games back on the Dodgers, but I mean that that's going to mean nothing as long as the Giants keep on winning. And we've said they're not going to be able to sustain this. They're not going to be able to sustain this and they are doing it and they look the part too. I mean, these are a bunch of veteran yeah. guys. So here they are. Brandon Belt, X eight extra base hits this week. That's nuts. Some might say they're built for October. Um, I mean, yeah, they're 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 good. They're um, really good. And and you know, I will I will give one more shout out in the NL West, and that's to a guy on the Rockies, Angels legend mm-hmm. CJ Crone. Yes, he's having a career resurgence in Colorado, an offensive, uh, basically career year. Uh, as the first baseman out in Coors, who knows if it's because of the elevation? I don't care. Um, he looks good right now. He might be their sole all-star representative, even over Trevor Story. So that'll be fun to see him. Uh, imagine if he's in the home run derby too. I think he could he could be a sleeper pick in the derby if they let him hit. Um, but whoever's in the derby, I don't think they're beating Otani. I will say that, unless it's unless it's like Vladdy. I don't see anyone beating Otani. That's a, that's a completely mm-hmm. different thing. We were talking about CJ Crone, but um, give me CJ Crone in the home run derby. Please give me a hometown Please. guy, hometown bounce for CJ Crone. Why not? So there we go out in the NL West. And then the Central, the Brewers and Cubs are still tied for the division leagues, but the Reds and Cardinals are inching back a little bit, little by little. That Cardinals team is kind of scaring me a little bit. Uh, but yeah, how about the Cubbies, man? Wrigley Field's now open full capacity. The world's largest beer snake out in left field in the bleachers. Mm. Have a day, yeah. man. Have a day, Mr. Wisdom. Patrick Wisdom. What a name. What a baseball name. He's, He's raking. He's raking heavy, heavy raking. Um, but, you know, the Cubs are the only team with a positive run, run differential in the entire division. That's nuts to think about. Um, but. I don't know, Owen. What are, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? I I really feel like the Brewers are gonna get that. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna make a push at the deadline. I think. I think they could at some point. That's the team I think is most likely to make a push, especially because the Cubs have been way more down to earth since Chris Bryant got into a little bit of a cold streak. Uh, and I think the sleeper pick, despite going into San Diego and getting swept, is the Cincinnati Reds. They're sitting at five hundred. They're only four games back in the division. Uh, but the pitching has started to look the part with, you know, their their combination of starters, Sonny Gray, Tyler Mayle, um, Luis Castillo has been way better in the last 30 days. He started the year awfully, and now in his past six starts, he has a 3.38 ERA, despite losing four of those starts. Uh, but over the past 30 days, I mean, Castillo, thir- 3.3 ERA, Tyler Mayle, 2.1 ERA, Wade Miley, 1.8 ERA, Sonny Gray in three starts, a 2 ERA. Uh, the pitching is starting to get there. We know the offense is there. Jesse Winker and Nick Castellanos are both going to start in the outfield in the All-Star game, which is crazy. Um, and and at some point, that team, I think, is going to click and make a run. Uh, I don't think they're going to buy at the deadline. I think they're kind of just going to ride it out with what they've got and hope they are in a good enough position. But I really think this is a team that can make some noise in that division, especially if the Brewers' bats can't get it together because, I mean, obviously their arms are there as well. Yeah. It's it, just it, a matter of when it's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, when is it going to fully click, you know? Yeah. Um, but, ah, man, I, I, I do feel like 
the Brewers would be that team. I mean, the cards have they they have all the cards. It just needs to get put together. But I I do feel like the Brewers with what they have currently. I mean, you could already see they are they already went out and they grabbed the guy from the Rays, and you know Adamas has been good for them. But I could also see them possibly just adding maybe maybe another bat. Maybe they go out and get Nelson Cruz. Would that be too wild? Mm, like a. I just don't know where you can put him. I don't see Nelson Cruz going to an NL team. He's so I know so I, I know that that's... he would have to just be, you would have to basically just be buying a pinch hitter. And I don't know if you're willing to do that with a guy like Cruz, who's going to be a higher asking price than what a pinch hitter should be. Yeah, um, I think if you're going anywhere, it's got to be to an AL, AL team. But I I, I, mean, I I see them picking up a bigger bat though. I I don't know. I don't I know. Could see the Yankees. I could see the Yankees trading for Nelson Cruz. Ew, Cruz without a beard? That'd be that'd be yucky. Would be. That would be. Uh, that's funny. That's the first thing I think about <laughs> anytime they get traded <laughs> to the Yankees. You just think like, because Garrett Cole looks like a, he looks like a goober now, man. He, he looked does. cold with his with his beard, his little his little little stash action, but you know here he is now looking like a goober. Lost all his swag, man. Come on, come on, Garrett. Anyway. Garrett. Uh, Garrett, you, you silly Phildo. How about Brian Reynolds, man? You're you, you big Brian Reynolds guy. 300 batting average. Fair enough. 12 home runs, 922 OPS. Hey, how about Brian? I don't know who else is going to be an all-star in the Pirates. You might as well give it to him. Switch hitter, too. Switch hitting center fielder. Pretty valuable right there. Um, What's his contract situation? Because that's another guy where, I mean, if he's not, you know, a big contract commitment or, or you know whatever and get him on the move to someone who's actually good that's another guy where i'd love to see him thrive in a bigger market now he's not a free um, agent until 2026 yeah he's still he's just starting arbitration so he's a baby uh, he's too valuable to trade if you're the pirates you gotta you gotta hold on to him but i mean everyone else on that team should be going um went to vandy didn't know that oh Big wow second round picking second round pick in 2016 um but I mean, yeah, I mean, Brian Reynolds. There you go. That's our that's yeah. our final shout out of the day. I think uh, final of, shout out of the of day. No, of no names who are actually pretty good. Yeah, exactly. So we'll close out with the NL East, and we're still pissed off, Owen. Why? Why was that Sunday night baseball? It's terrible. Surrendous. NL East Awful. gets the Sunday night baseball yet again. Terrible. Horrible. Anyway, moving on to the NL East, the Mets still are. Firmly grasping the top of the division. Uh, they look good. The How about <laughs> no other team is above 500 besides the nice. Mets. The Mets are 36 and 29. Phillies, 34 and 35. Miami is 31 and 40. Yet they still have a plus 18 run differential. Come on. Come on. Them and the Mets have the same run differential and they're an eight game difference. Just shows you baseball is a game of inches. Um. New York has the worst offense in not only the division, but the league. Uh, they are last in runs scored right now across the MLB. It's just their pitching is so, so good. Uh, obviously, Jacob deGrom is part of that, but you've also got Stroman having a career year. You've got Taiwan Walker, who quietly has been the best free agent signing of last offseason. I mean, he has been invaluable to them. Um, list goes on and on. I mean, Diaz has been good enough in the bullpen he's got a three era 0.5 war in the season which isn't bad for a reliever uh but at the end of the day it really is those top three guys you get 
and you look at their war on ESPN, DeGrom's at 3.6, Stroman's at 2, Taiwan Walker's at 1.8. The next pitcher, the next highest pitcher is at 0.5, and the next highest hitter is at 1.6. It's Francisco Lindor. Um, other than that, that team is just absolutely nowhere. Uh, and, and the offense honestly needs to click. If the Nationals' social media account keeps – you know, dissing Francisco Lindor, the Mets offense might just start to click because the last time the Nationals, you know, talked shit about Lindor on their Twitter, he uh, had two home runs and five RBIs against them. So maybe that's the the key to success. They just need people on Twitter to keep talking about how bad Lindor has been this year. But maybe that's the that's the key. It could be. End of the day, though, they have a four game division lead. So it doesn't matter how bad the offense is as long as it works. Uh, I could see the Braves making a push in that in that division still, just once they're healthy. The Nationals have won eight out of ten. Do not let Kyle Schwarber get hot. Uh, he had five home runs in his past two games. Had a chance at a fourth home run, but they pulled him from the game before his last at bat. Said he had some sort of soreness in his leg, uh, so he didn't get to try out to to hit that fourth that fourth home run. But. I mean, other than that, Charlie Morton carried a no-no into the eighth this week against St. Louis. Astros Chucky. legend, Charlie Love it. So, no, I, I, I just I, – I want the Marlins to succeed, man. How much how much more do I need to say? I, I just really I mean, want them Their to time succeed. will come. Their time will come for sure. Maybe not this year, but it's hopefully It's just a soon. matter of when. Oh, man. But, you know, I, I think I, – I just don't know. I All these teams are underperforming, which is sad. It's sad. Yeah. I I don't know. I, I think the Mets are going to need to get their bats going, like you said, at some point, or they're going to lose grip on the division. So we'll have to see on that. But good for the NLEs. Good for Charlie Morton going into the eighth with a no-no. How to, have, have a day, Chuck. Have a day. So baseball, man. Got to love it. Uh, we're moving into phase two of all-star voting after this week. So we'll have our cut down to – three at each position and then we'll decide from there but um i'm just really hyped for shohei being in the home run derby that's going to be really cool looking forward to that now how about it we had it wasn't just baseball this weekend okay we had we had little nhl stanley cup playoffs we had the las vegas knights benching mark andre Fleury. what's going on but they still won in overtime to tie the series against the habs wow bold very bold for but it worked so it worked for them yeah uh on the other side the lightning and islanders are still tied at two in their series the isles man i'm a big isles guy right now i'm a big isles guy long island stand up you know let's go um love it that's good and then oh and your boy we saw him at the dish mr chris beard lands trey mitchell from umass for next season that's such a big pickup. Six, nine, str- six foot nine, stretch five, averaged 18 and seven last year, shooting 37% from three at UMass. Uh, he is going to be invaluable for us. And, and, and it feels like we're just getting a bunch of forwards, but I think it could work out honestly. Uh, we've already picked up Christian Bishop, Dylan DeSue. Obviously, Brock Cunningham is coming back. Uh, so our forward is going to be one of the, I mean, the UT forward is going to be one of the deepest positions in basketball uh in all of college basketball it's just a matter of whether or not everything else can click and whether or not possibly playing mitchell at the five is an option uh he's certainly you know physical enough big enough to do it it's just i mean 
how how is this roster together going to function uh, with all these transfers coming in? And I think it's going to go pretty well. Uh, Chris Beard has always been good at bringing in transfers. Like half of his national championship roster with Texas Tech was transfers or guys that he got from other places than recruiting. So, I mean, shout out Chris Beard. I love him. You love him. Used, you know used to hate him. Used to hate him. Now I love him. Oh, yeah. Switch sides like Chanel. Love it. Um, But, you know, you got a little UT shine. I get my ASU shine. Former Sun Devil John Rom brings home the U.S. Open. But not after Bryson DeChambeau just collapsed. Fell apart like a cheap suit. He triple bogeyed the 17th hole. Not good if you're Bryson, man. Terrible. But how about John Rom? Forks up Sun Devils and Owen. Two of the three majors that have been played this year. Or all two majors that have been played this year have been won by, huh? Who? What? Hey? ASU Sun Devils, Phil Mickelson, and John Rom. Throw your forks up, ladies and gentlemen. That's big news. Somebody play Hail from the Buttes. It's a big day to be a Sun Devil. It's a great day to be a Sun Devil. So that's what we had this week. Jamal Charlo, as well, wins his boxing match. Houston native. uh, Looking to fight Golovkin or Canelo in his next fight. That'll be good as well. Mm. But Owen. Good week overall in sports. Um, our, our our fate has set us to the draft lottery. And who knows? There there will be a special episode of Controlled Chaos this week, whether you like it or not. I mean, it, it is going to be huge. So, that being said, make sure you follow us on Twitter to get our reaction to the draft lottery, however it pans out, including some dope video content headed your way as well. Be sure to, be sure to follow Owen on Twitter, at Owen Kiska with two eyes. Follow me on Twitter at Wooly Zach and hey go ahead and follow our Twitter control chaos pod that's controlled spelt c-n-t-r-l-d chaos pod on Twitter find all of our content all of our good stuff everything you would possibly want from controlled chaos so with that being said have a great week everybody make this week your best week keep that same energy and we will see y'all next Monday Okay. okay. Red Nation. Now we ready. Rolls Royce pull up. Black boy hop out. Shout out to my mother and my father. They can pull out. MSG sell out. Fuck these niggas yap out. Whips on whips my ass.